I'm super excited about this episode because I've been waiting for it to drop for a while. We got to have a conversation with Preston and Jackie Hill Perry about marriage and how the gospel affects how we deal with maybe a past and traumas that we've, we've experienced. Um, they have such an incredible story and God is, they're just word crafters Mm -hmm. as well. So listening to them speak is incredible. (laughs) Such a wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. Um, they also talked about how we can love the LGBTQ community as well, which is a big topic when you're talking about marriage and relationships. And it's not something that we always dive into. Yeah. One of the things that I heard him say, and I just, we loved, I mean, getting to their heart about how to deal with past trauma in mm-hmm. a really healthy way, mm-hmm. how to deal with past sin in a really healthy way. But one of the things I heard him say was the beauty of the gospel is not just that we should love each other, but that we can. Mm-hmm. We can love each other. And the beauty of Jesus is that we he's not just showing us how we should, but that we can. And he gives us the power to do that. So it was a remarkable conversation. It was so good. So we hope you guys enjoy it and you get a lot out of it. And without any further ado... Preston and Jackie Hill Perry. All right, Preston and Jackie, it's so good to have you guys on the show. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. How are you guys doing? We're good. Yeah, we're good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for taking the time out. As I understand it, you guys are actually not in your hometown. You're from Atlanta, right? But you're not there. Where are you currently? Well, I'm from Chicago originally. Jackie's from St. Louis. But right now we are in Miami. Um, at the NFL conference, a conference for NFL players and their their, their wives. Um, nice. Yeah. So yeah, but we're based in Atlanta. Based in Atlanta. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Cool. So, all right. Well, today we just want to get some of your story. I know a lot of our listeners. We've talked about and Selena's fangirling over here because we're not big. Much, f- not you're... much. We're trying to hold back. <laughs> so, so Jackie, I was a. I, I'm a fan of your music. Selena's read "Gay Girl, Good God," and we've mm-hmm. talked about that on the on the podcast. Uh, Preston, as we got kind of ready for this interview. I got to watching some of your videos on YouTube, your apologetics work, uh, some of your um, other poetry type work. You just, you guys are both the wordsmiths. I think as we were talking earlier, we were just a little intimidated by that. So we're going to let you talk most of the time. <laughs> and I think to get us, to get us warmed up, we just want to get to know you a little bit. I think people are used to kind of getting the speaking persona, kind of get the music persona, the author persona, the YouTube Instagram version of you guys, but just give us a little bit of the yeah. backstory, not your full testimony, but how long you've been Christians and, and how'd you guys meet? Yeah, so uh, we met in 2009. I had been a Christian for six months. Um, Obviously, I lived, not obviously, but for those who know, I lived a lifestyle of a lot of sin, but I guess uh, most notably is what I wrote about as being a lesbian. Um, And I came to faith because I recognized that Jesus wanted all of me, not just my sexuality, but my entire life. Mm. Um, Six months into my uh, new life as a believer, trying to figure out what it meant to take up my cross daily and die. That's a weird thing to do when all you know um, is disobedience. Um, I was right. at this um, I was at this poetry event in Los Angeles called P4C, not P4C, it's called Lyricist Lounge. And I had started doing poetry and this guy walks up on the stage, uh, this dude from Chicago, and he starts to do this poem about how he used to sleep with everything that could breathe. Um, <laughs> yeah, his name was Preston Perry. <laughs> and uh, we just became <laughs> friends that night because I was super honest about my past. He was super honest about his past, and we were just kind of the same person yet different. Wow. Yeah, it's fun- the, the funny story is after um, 
after my poem, Jackie's poem was so real and so raw and so honest. I just walked up to her and hugged her, which I was kind of out of my character, especially just hugging <laughs> a, a woman that I don't know. And she was like, yeah, yeah your poetry yeah. was real good, too, but you were holding back. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's honesty in our first, you know, 10 words we say to each other. But that was one of the things that drew me to her, was her honesty and her realness. So, yeah. Love that. Love that. Now, and in your book, Jackie, and just for people listening, it's called Gay Girl, Good God. Um, you talked a little bit about how you guys got engaged, which wasn't like, it wasn't this big, um, you know, roses on the bed and all these like beautiful things, <laughs> right? It was a little more... Um, raw, I don't know. A little, a little gritty, raw. More yeah, raw. maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Our engagement. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, Preston. So the event we met at when we met in LA, the event maybe had 250 people. Um. But over the course of our friendship, and obviously, uh, in the, towards us heading towards marriage, the event had grown to 3,500 people. And so wow. Preston decided that would be the venue uh, that he wanted to ask me to be his wife. And so <laughs> he did it. Uh, he wrote a poem about how he wanted to, you know, marry me and love me in front of all these people. Um, it was awkward, but I feel like that was one of the best proposals um, ever. So awesome. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and leading up to it, I remember you, Preston, you guys had had kind of a struggle right before that. Uh did you guys break up? Was that kind of what happened? There was a little bit of time of like figuring out if yeah, you were going to yeah. get married. Um, yeah, yeah I think go a, ahead. Um, I think a, a couple of weeks before that, like a week and a half before that, we we um we got booked to do a Trinidad um, event um to do poetry for like seven days, and we were you know obviously just boyfriend and girlfriend at that time, and um yeah, Jackie was just struggling with a lot of things internally, but I didn't know what what it was that she was struggling with. So I was just kind of left in the dark um, as far as her struggles. And I, I just remember her um, coming out and just being honest with me and just telling me like she doesn't really know why she's with me. And it was just really hard to deal with. Uh, you know, you've been loving somebody for, um, you know, months now in a relationship. And then, you know, she comes out with that. And, and we just, we both kind of felt like our relationship was over. We came back to Chicago and um, I just, I just like I don't really know if I can do this. I don't I don't know if I'm called to this woman, and she just kind of felt like uh, that ruined our relationship. But over a course of you know a couple of days, the Lord just began to deal with my heart. You know, obviously, just you know dealing with Jackie's heart as well. And I don't know I just I just felt led to text her and text her. Um, I love her. I just it was simple. Oh, I just text her. I I love you. <laughs> and uh. That, that that did some things um, in Jackie's heart or whatever. I, I guess um, she whatever. just thought the relationship was over. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and, and and God did did a lot like um, in our in our friendship like that. But I think that was like the thing that that showed us that we was you know meant to be together. And that's why you know a week and a half later I ended up proposing. So. Oh wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, you didn't know that. You didn't read the book yet. I know I have not, but I've gotten the <laughs> the, the Selena version. Yep. <laughs> so one one of the things we love about, uh, I guess, reading about you guys and kind of getting familiar with uh, your testimonies is this keen sense of I think, I think the power of the gospel, right, to really turn you around, right? Because both you have both of you have some pretty radical testimonies, and I think a lot of married couples, especially I think in mainstream Christianity may not have that sense of a radical kind of 180. Maybe they, were, they grew up in the church. And so we spend a lot of our time kind of painting that picture of the full gospel, 
Yeah. That yeah. is, we are lost. We were lost, mm -hmm. but we are now found, right? So there's the bad news and then there's the good news. And Jesus is the good news. And as big a view of the bad news as you have gives an even greater view of the good news, right? Yeah. yeah. And so everybody has baggage they bring into their marriage I mean, and past lives, past sin that's still being sanctified out of them. How does that work out in your marriage? Basically, how we flesh out the gospel and the difficulties in our marriage, especially related to our baggage. Right, right. Exactly. From reading your book, Jackie, Preston, you were kind of led to love Jackie in a really unique way, just as Christ loves the church, but in really explicitly, you felt that impression yeah. upon you. Yeah. I, I mean, a truth that I was confronted with often was that I'm called to love Jackie how Christ loves his church. Not, mm -hmm. um, And when we look at the way Christ loves his church— um, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't call for us to meet a condition first. Right. Mm -hmm. So he didn't, he didn't, he didn't call for the church to, to do something. And then he loved us. Right. But the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I, in Ephesians five, it talks about, um, um, the husbands loving the church, having sanctified with the washing and the cleaning of the word so, so that they can meet the condition of Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think, I think when we look at how, how, how Jesus loves his church, he loves his church in a way so they could meet a condition in the end, right? So they can be holy and perfect, right? So I, I had to learn that, and I'm still learning that, right? Because I'm, I'm a flawed human being, right? Um, but um, God, has, God has challenged me to, to love somebody who is broken, to love somebody who, mm -hmm. who, who will fail me, to love somebody who will disappoint me and vice versa, you know? Um, so Jackie came with all her baggage, all her, you know, problems, just like the church comes with all their, their baggage, all their mm -hmm. problems. Um, and I'm not perfect like, like Jesus, but, but, but God is calling me to love Jackie. Like he loves his church. So yeah, just, just knowing that she's a, 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 a broken human being like like myself and and loving her you know past it and through that with the help of jesus is, is what i've learned the most um you know um, christ-like love and leadership so i hope to answer the question yeah i think i think for me um when it comes to uh, i think what the gospel does is when it comes to preston and his baggage and his difficulties and his challenges and how they affect me it isn't also, it isn't just I should love him like Jesus loves me or I should love him because God has called me to love my neighbor. But it's also that I can. I think the resurrection of Jesus has this like hope for me where it's like somebody who is afraid to love well, somebody who is afraid to be vulnerable and to love anybody well, you have to be vulnerable. Right. Mm, and so I think you. what I think what the resurrection has done for me is that it's hold, it's held out this like this promise that no, like it really feels scary and it really feels difficult. And it seems like, uh, it's, it's a heavier load for you to carry, but because the, the tomb is empty, you really do have the power to love him and love me. That's so good. I'm just, and that's marriage, right? In a nutshell, yeah. because <laughs> I love what you said is that it's not just, Hey, here's how to love, but you know, here's what to do, but here's how to do it in terms of the Holy spirit enables us to love the way yeah. that we're called yeah. to love. Right. And it's yeah, something yeah. that you don't really understand yeah. until, you know, you regenerate. And at the point when the gospel actually does make you into a new creation and then the Holy Spirit gets to work in sanctifying you. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like we always say yeah. that, you know, the gospel is for our present sanctification as much as it is for our like future salvation. Mm -hmm. Right. And so yeah. marriage is such an amazing venue for that to happen. <laughs>
Yeah. So you guys, you speak, you travel a lot, you have two little girls. What does life and your marriage sort of look like? Because, you know, we have people that are away from their families kind of a lot and they're wondering, right. what is, how do they do that with their being married? Like, does that take a toll and what does that look like? And how can we, I don't know, what can they glean from you <laughs> as far as you guys yeah. have boundaries that you set when you're away from each other? Do you, you know, sometimes we try not to be away from each other for more than like three, three days to a week, maybe, or mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe you guys can just share a little bit about your, your life in that area. Yeah. I think what I've learned uh, most is that um, my boundaries are really governed by my heart's priorities. And so mm-hmm. I think if my heart's priority is not the Lord, my home, the local church, then everything else will take uh, my time. Um, and so I've just, I've learned to, um, schedule my life around what my heart's desires are. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, I think the, the, the difficulty is when you're doing a bunch of good stuff, doing a bunch of ministry and how that you can start to confuse that as being the greater thing or the greater avenue to the glory of God. But I think, I've continually tried to remind myself, and I think it's just having friends who have grown up with parents in ministry, the kind of like, I don't know, loneliness they felt, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just, I just, I'm afraid of being this woman who empowers all of these women and neglects my daughter. I just think that's a failure Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a wife and as a mother. Um, And so I think one of the ways I've done that is just, yeah, my calendar, like it, Am I saying yes to a whole bunch of things that puts me in a position to say no to my family far too often than I need to? Mm, yeah, I think, I, and I also think certain seasons are harder than others. I mean, I, I, in the fall, I was on a 36 city tour, and it obviously was harder than you know the rest of the year mm. when I'm gone four days a week. Um, but for the most part, I mean, because our children are young, they're not necessarily in school yet. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're with them, you know, Monday through Friday. Typically when we do speak, there are conferences or um, mm. events on the weekend. Um, so we're, t- we're probably with, with our children more than a typical, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. parent who, who, you know, has to pay for daycare and, you know, the kids in school and stuff like that. So when our children get older, that's something that we would have to like practically work through when they're, when, they're, when they're in school during the day and we're gone on the weekends we have to be probably more intentional than what we are now as far as spending time with our children so yeah that's good yeah margin is the first thing that comes to mind because we've yeah. done just a, a few <laughs> a few speaking things Not and much, it, yeah. we just feel so we always wonder when we're doing it beforehand and immediately after like was that even worth it because <laughs> yeah uh, you know you kind of blow in and blow up and blow out right you're on mission together that's clear right because you you wouldn't be able to do what you do and travel as much as you travel and live the lives that you live if you weren't on mission together um, but I guess first, how did you get there? I mean, were you on this track when you got married? I guess that's my first question. And how did you get to this point where you're saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to write books. We're going to go to these events. We're going to do this kind of stuff. How do you build margin into this busy life that you're living? Uh, well, I can answer the first half and then Jackie probably can take the second. I think uh, when I first met Jackie, uh, obviously we, we both were, were, were poets. We were kind of in that space the most. Uh, but but Jackie um, and I, we we. we we had the gift of teaching as well. And I don't know, like one of the things that we considered when we first started dating is we, we saw that, that, um, that it was, it was of God. Like our relationship was, was of God because I saw Jackie supporting me and all the things that God had me do 
to do individually. And mm-hmm. I saw myself supporting everything that God had for her. But we also had a chemistry together that we know God wanted to 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 do something with. Um, um, so awesome. yeah, I, I think I think I think God was just really intentional in, in showing us that mm. that He desired us to 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 be together, that He desired for this union to happen. Um, and yeah, like when whatever Jackie does individually, I want to just I want to support her. I think ministry in in marriage is not necessarily being on the same stage with your spouse, mm-hmm. but it's being able to be their support off the stage. And Jackie has been there for me, you know, Jackie mm-hmm. has listened to, you know, the conversation when I come home and I have a conversation with a Jehovah's Witness. She has mm-hmm. said, listen to me and encouraged me, <laughs> you know, when she comes home and she learns something new about a different angle, how she can approach, you know, these lies about sexuality. I sit and listen to her and give her critique. And she, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's part of our marriage. And then also when we come together, utilizing that time as well. So. Yeah, just being available for one another, loving one another, mm. and uh, supporting one another um, is the biggest thing. Yeah, I think as for, for margin and, and busyness, I'm really um, discovering that it, it really is a hard issue. Um, mm. I think this last year I had to really ask myself some hard questions because I was too busy um, and, and still am too busy to the point of this is unhealthy, you know, mm. for soul for my family um for my mind in a sense as i had to ask myself why am i busy you know Mm -hmm. and i think many of the reasons uh for me and maybe other individuals is it are you busy because you're you have a lot of selfish ambition that you you're calling Mm -hmm. ministry um Mm -hmm. are you are you busy because you have a fear man so you don't know how to say no are you busy because you're just a terrible planner? <laughs> so you're saying yes to all of this stuff without mm. considering your schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think creating margin really is a, a matter of checking the heart that is ruling how we spend our time and our days. Yeah. Mm. That's so good. We went through an exercise. Um, how, I don't know how long ago it was. So we, we have a few businesses going. There's always something that can eat up our time. We, I just, I, I think I took a whole weekend or something, and I just, or at least a long day, mm-hmm. and I just wrote down kind of what I was going to pitch to Selena as a, what we call our family vision statement, which has like our mission, it has our core values. They're not things that we hope to be, but they're things we actually do care about mm-hmm. that we yeah. have to articulate what those those things are, mm-hmm. and yeah. then the envision statements, and that was really crucial in helping us kind of say no right. to good things because yeah. you can get yeah. bogged down by just you know, especially if you're you know, you guys are both very active you're really hitting a lot of things that people are feeling right now. And so you're going to have a lot of good things to say no to. <laughs> and so thank you yeah. for saying yes to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. It's, it's all good. <laughs> um, yeah. So Jackie, just a, kind of a more que- a question directed towards you and your past. Um, we have a lot, a lot, a lot of people who write into us. Um, you know, we do podcasts about sex and intimacy and, and um, you know, just the areas that people struggle in Um and a lot, I wouldn't say a lot of them, but I would say more often than not, there's abuse uh, that has happened in the past with mm. one or both partners, uh, yeah. people. And so what would you say to those people writing into us who are saying, you know, I'm just, it's, intimacy is hard. Um, yeah. I don't understand. I don't know how to maybe get close or, yeah, I feel like you just can speak to this so well. So I'm going to let yeah. you just go. Yeah. Um. 
It is hard. Um, I think it's it's difficult when your vulnerability and your body has been taken advantage of or objectified and a try to move beyond that and live like the victorious person that God has allowed you to be. It's just a weird tension to be uh, somebody who has real trauma, but is trying to not live like they don't have trauma. <laughs> so I think yeah. it can be frustrating. It could be discouraging. I, I really think the thing that has done the bo- the most help for me is counseling. I mm. really, mm. really will always and forever be an advocate for counseling because what counseling did is it put words to the things that I couldn't communicate and didn't know how to communicate. Um, but it also equipped me to work through it. So for example, if your trauma tells you that this particular action makes me or reminds me of this, when this happened to me when I was five, tr- the, what counseling did is it helped me to process through why I'm feeling what I'm feeling and how to combat what I'm feeling, mm-hmm. what I'm feeling, not only through scripture and prayer, but also with my spouse and to tell him, hey, this is how this makes me feel. This is how this makes me think. And for me to also trust and train my mind to believe that he is not what the other person did to me. Um, mm. and that his intention is not to do what they did to me. Um, and mm. so, yeah, I think without counseling, to, I, I just don't know if I would be as becoming as free as I, as I think I am. That's so yeah. good. That, that's honestly very liberating to hear. Um, people write in, yeah. and by the time they write into us through a, an online form, <laughs> they're yeah. at their wits' end, right? And we don't know how, yeah. to, how to love them well, right. knowing this is a real person on the other side of that internet mm-hmm. connection. And almost invariably, we've kind of come to the fact that let's find a good constantly, yeah, pushing them towards a good gospel centered counseling, uh, Bible based Mm -hmm. counseling, and gospel centered discipleship, and a church that can love them well. So that's really good to hear. I guess my next question is for Preston. On that note, is how can a husband support um, a wife going through that, or just a spouse support their spouse going through counseling as they're working through these really tough things they're finally putting vocabulary to? Great question. Yeah, yeah, I think. I think given just being patient, um, like like tr- like truly being patient with, with the process uh, of what your spouse is going through, and giving them time mm-hmm. to, to grow, but also creating safe spaces in the home for you guys to communicate how you feel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I think some of the struggles that a man might have is they don't want to rush the process of their wives, but the reality is is that a man has needs, right? Um, and I'm, I'm not just talking about sexual needs. I'm talking right. about just intimacy, period, because I think what um, trauma does, it it, it, it prevents um, a married couple to just have true like like real deep intimacy, period. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think I think having a yeah, creating a safe space in your home to, to talk about um, your feelings for the for the husband to be able to talk about how he feels um, for the wife to be able to talk about how he feels but to be honest with you I think um, um, yeah like I've I've been going through counseling myself mm-hmm. um, I've, I've been counseling and even the way I've I view sex um, can pl- can play a part um, in a role in how she view how she's how she views sex right like mm-hmm. my, un- I, I still have some unhealthy ways I, I view sex, and and my and my actions um, in the past have affected her, you know, mm-hmm. um, not not intentionally, but just ignorantly, right? So mm-hmm. um, I think I think the way I've been taught how to view sex has not been right or pure either, mm-hmm. right? So I think um, a lot of men who have spouses who who have dealt with trauma 
um, yeah, like maybe you should be honest with yourself and, and ask yourself, it has the way I view sex is the way the way God views it and how scripture intends mm. for it. Um, and if not, has it has it affected okay. my wife more than it has helped her? Oof. And I think that uh, I think that mm. if we are honest with ourselves, it's like, no, nah, we need to answer some real hard things because we might not experience trauma. But we might we have experienced sex in, in a lot of in a lot of ways in unhealthy ways that doesn't help us. Our, our spouse's process. That's so, so good yeah so good so much of it is i think being generous right in terms of emotional generosity is uh, when you were talking Preston, that came to mind because i think as a husband you want to fix it so fast um sorry when you're talking about dealing with trauma and um giving it the space Mm. and, and also going through you know being introspective so being generous i think emotionally but it comes down to i think emotional um what's the word uh emotional maturity um, kind of yeah. being able to actually know, like, because yeah. as a man, I'm I'm in my mid thirties, and I feel like I'm just now like figuring out how to articulate how I actually feel, <laughs> and and yeah. know I am I am too. That's so funny. You that's so funny. You said the whole fixer thing because I, that's what I am. I'm a fixer. Right. Uh, so early on in our relationship, in our marriage, I just try to fix every single thing, and I still struggle with it now. But I think. I think one of the things that God has shown me in the last what six or seven months um, is that I couldn't fix a lot of things because I didn't, I, I wasn't fixed. You know, I'm, mm. I, I had issues. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, I'm learning a lot about myself, um, <laughs> and Jackie's learning a lot about herself, and, and God is, God is being glorified. It's, it's a hard process. Um, it's, counseling is not fun, but it, it's fruitful. Um, yeah, <laughs> so. I love that. Yeah, we've seen a lot of I love uh, that counseling's not fun, but it's fruitful. <laughs> yes, it's just so right yeah. on. And th- unfortunately, I think there's a, a taboo on counseling and mm-hmm. therapy. Um, and it's one of those things that um, we're we haven't we've never gone, and we're to the point where like let's just go because I feel like we. Well, he also has a dad as a psychologist. Oh, my dad's as a, a dad. So. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we, so y'all that was fun growing up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> built-in psychology. Yeah, yeah. No, but we, yeah, we think counseling is definitely something that we need to do, and I, we would encourage everyone to do because for that reason, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and and what you were saying, Preston, too, about being able to kind of um, deal with the hard stuff. That's what I love about covenant, right? We always talk about covenant being God's construct mm-hmm. for this safe space, right? Mm-hmm. It's a safe space where you know, you know, if if we really believe in covenant the way. God designed covenant and we put our marriage in that mold and we say, this is something that we're, we're not going to jump ship. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden we have a safe space to let love really become love, right? Mm-hmm. Where we yeah. can learn uh, and get access into all those little nooks and crannies of, of our past and uh, of the sin and the, what we call enemy outposts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where the gospel has won the war, but there's still enemy outposts that we're like neutralizing. <laughs> um, and that, and that's, that's covenant is the place where that happens. So yeah, that's just that's so amazing. Good. That's um, really good. Because you guys are such incredible wordsmiths <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and language and communication is this an <laughs> obvious gift in your guys's lives. Uh, what do arguments look like in the Perry household? <laughs> <laughs> and do you just say like one word to each other and it just explodes so or is it? You got uh, one gifted teacher and one apologist. So let's see here. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're pretty calm to be honest. Our our arguments are really just I think intense conversations. Um, we don't we don't yell or scream or anything like that. Um, but I I think as in most or many marriages, I'm the one that tends to run away. Um, Preston is the one who will pursue and confront. 
Um, but I think in our, our fifth year of marriage now, we've, we've just learned to just let each other relax and chill. Um, I think we used to feel like, you know, it was the holy thing to reconcile in two minutes. But no human being has has the power, I think, to calm down in two minutes. Um, so, yeah, we just figured out, like, give me my space. I'll give you your space so that when we come back together, um, we could actually have a real conversation instead of one where our pride is up. You know? mm. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think we've ever I don't think we've ever had like a yelling or screaming match to be honest. And I'm not saying that to you know, seem holy or you know that's not our personality. It's just not our personality. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't I don't yell. Um in the world I'll, I'll fight you before I, I yell at you. <laughs> and, <I'll laughs> the world. and um Jackie Jackie doesn't yell, she shuts down. And I think you know we've we both had that and I think shutting down in your marriage can just be as sinful as um yelling, you know, um just being prideful. We've had those those moments. But um yeah, and I like like just to echo Jackie, like we've kind of we've kind of learned to give each other the, the right yeah. amount of space, but not talking before we go to bed, not letting, you know, uh, the sun all down on our on our anger. So arguments are awkward. Because you don't <laughs> you don't you don't wanna actually be mad at this person. Right. <laughs> It just makes the home like it, you don't got peace, and then they irk you more than anybody on earth irks you. Yeah, and you just really happy, but now you prideful, and you don't want to like do what you got to do to be happy. And again. then, and then, and then, if it, if the argument was stupid, the the makeup is always awkward. It's kind of like hi. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, you still, you still mad at me? A little bit. <laughs> you know. Like, uh, yes. Just a lot. A little levity goes a long way in those cases. Yeah. Preston, yeah. That's that's Preston's thing, though. He'll try to like start cracking jokes and be silly to make me happy again. Yeah, I got I got to try to those. Once I see once I see those teeth, I know I'm kind of you know. <laughs> yeah, you're in the right range. That's a dangerous game though, because you could you could. Crack Ryan's a joke. ruined that. He used to laugh at the wrong times in our marriage, and he got hot sandwiches. You were very very face. cute when you're angry. That's yes. So well. I don't feel cute. I feel angry. <laughs> we have a joke. Selena's uh, salty and sweet. Oh, what a treat. <laughs> oh, what a treat. Oh, what a treat. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Both sides of it. That's fun. That's a dangerous That's game, funny. though. You crack a joke, could break the ice. It could also make things yeah. freeze over even more. So. You could get a hug or get, or get slapped. I don't know. Yeah. Way to be vulnerable and take the risk, though. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you just remember that next time I hey, crack I a joke. I will remember that. <laughs> no, I uh, we had an argument the other week uh, where... The other week? We had one this morning. <laughs> yeah, actually, we did. But I'm talking about one particular one that happened <laughs> like a week ago. And it was so heated. I don't even remember what we were fighting about. But I just had to, and I don't do this, and it wasn't like a big dramatic, like slam the door thing. But I was like, I just got to leave for a, yeah, it was like that an we hour to let it breathe. Got to let it breathe. Get nowhere because we're not saying yeah. things that are healthy or helpful. I was, yeah. I was saying. <laughs> of course you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had those. We've had those too. <laughs> yeah, and I ended up coming back. I think like an hour and a half or two hours later, and I just something really cool happened that night. And uh, I ended up having a really, I, I would call it a God encounter in a lot of ways. And I just got home and I was like, I don't even care anymore. I'm not mad. Are you mad? <laughs> and I was like, it was, that was the end of it. It was like the easiest makeup ever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah that's when to... you know you, you, you've you been together for a minute where it's just like, oh, I love you. It's cool. We ain't even okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So good. All right. So we, I think we're going to turn, I think turn, 
turn of the corner a little bit here and switch gears. So, Jackie, I'm about to – so, gay girl, good God. We want to kind of breach the topic because I know our audience is going to want to hear it. Okay, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll preface it with this. We have a marriage blog. We try to stay out of the political space, and even now we stay out of the political space in terms of the um, – LGBTQ community in terms of, I don't think there's a whole lot of constructive stuff that can happen from a Christian blogging standpoint, standpoint um, to speaks directly to that community or, and, but really what our conviction lately has been is how can we really equip other believers to love the LGBTQ community well? And so as Christians, how can we be truthful, but also be loving without compromising that truth? I think, I think it's a lot, there's a lot there. Um, but I think for the sake of time, I th- think one thing that I think would be helpful um, is our perspectives on those within the LBGTQ community. Mm. I think uh, too often this conversation has centered around someone's sexuality instead of someone's personhood. And what I mean by that is we love people as let me love my gay friend, let me love my lesbian friend, instead of let me love this person who's made in the image of God. Mm. I think that changes the direction of how you minister when you realize that someone is more than who they are attracted to, that they have mm-hmm. likes, they have dislikes, they have uh, personality, they have other kinds of sins that actually might be more of a stronghold than you assume their sexuality to be. And so I mm-hmm. think that just would be helpful in how we love people when we see, man, like the, your main issue is not your sexuality, but it's your heart. It's that you were born with a sin nature that affects your affections. And because your affections right. are affected, you need a savior who will give you the power to flee, who will not only take the penalty, um, but will free you from the power of your sin and allow you to live obedient, even in light of your temptations. I think the second um, thing I would I would say is loving them in a gospel centric way. Uh, what I mean by that is, is that I think for too long, people have loved the gay community by offering marriage as another alternative mm-hmm. instead of just God and Jesus. Um, because really God is enough. Jesus is enough. God has not called everyone to be married, nor has he called everyone to live a functionally heterosexual life where Mm -hmm. they have, uh, you know, opposite sex, uh, spouse or whatever the case may be. But if anything, the greatest aim in this life is not to be married, but to know Jesus. Um, and so I think when we present Jesus as the aim of their repentance, then they can actually repent. But when we present heterosexuality or uh, marriage as the aim of repentance, all they'll do is turn to an idol, but they'll call it Christianity because that's, that's what you told them it was. Um, and so I think that's what, that would mm. be my second one. It's just make God the reason to turn. And I think that is the greatest reason to turn. That's mm. so good. Yeah. I think, didn't you call that heterosexual gospel in your book? I did. Yes. I, I love that term and it's stuck with me. We have, I mean, just to be somewhat honest, we have some people that are close in our lives that um, that are gay and lesbians, and we, you know, they know we have a marriage vlog, but we want them to know that we love Jesus more than, you know, having a marriage vlog, you know, that yeah. marriage, it's not a promise of God, right? It's something that, um, yeah, it's a, it's gift, a gift that we can experience, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but think- knowing how to how to love, love each other well. Um, just in spite of sin, it, it crosses everything, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what God calls us to. And, and everything you've described is so good, but it has to be worked out within the context of relationship, right? And having yes. proximity mm-hmm. yes. to people. Because so that's why I don't write about it on our blog is because it's a dinner table conversation and I don't want to objectify a whole like swath of our 
of culture, right? Mm-hmm. Without know. actually having a, a relationship, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to actually work out some of these hard, hard questions. They're not, yeah. you can just, and so I, out of the blue, I had this prompting to contact an old college roommate. We were in a Christian frat house. We were roommates for a quarter. He was a, he was a closet homosexual living two very, very different lives, like mm-hmm. choir boy, literally choir boy uh, on a Sunday morning and like singing on, on stage and doing all this different stuff. And then he'd go out throughout the week and live this alternate lifestyle anyway. And we were all the time we were roommates. He, he, he never told anybody, but he confided in me. And so he told me that this was something he was struggling with because mm-hmm. he was very, very conflicted, right? The Holy Spirit wouldn't leave him alone. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, out of the blue, this is uh, 10, 12 years later. I was like, I just need to, I just need to reach out to this guy. And so I, I sent him a message and we ended up talking for an hour the next day. He told me this amazing testimony of what God had done, but it didn't happen immediately. It took God about 12 years to actually finish the work in his life. And then we're, now he's got this amazing testimony where he's, he's uh, working within his own community. It's just without that relationship, we, we tend to just objectify this person, realize mm-hmm. they're, they're an actual yeah. person and they, they're not, they're not a, a soul. They're, they're a project, right? They're not a yeah. project. Uh, person, yeah, it's so. it's when you when you when when you spend time with people um, that the way you communicate the message changes. Right, I think because it's not you know it's not you just preaching to the choir, but it's preaching to the person. And how, when you when you face to face, eye to eye with someone, and you see them, you see their they, they hear your tone and your inflections, and you see their tone and hear how they are taking in what you say. It just kind of helps you to navigate, I think, your communication way better. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's, you just nailed yep. it in all my, yeah, in all my words, you just summarized it all perfectly. So Preston, I've got a question for you, and this is, uh, yes. I hope they don't put you on the spot here too much, but uh, no, good. <laughs> what would you say, so you're an apologist, right? I love that. Um, uh-huh. I love thinking. I feel like as Christians, we're called to think, to be people that use our minds and read books and understand big, complex topics, particularly around our faith. Um, so how would you apply that way of thinking to the life of a man, to a life of a husband? So there's a lot going on in terms of, you know, like Ephesians 5, um, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Um, there's a lot of debate around um, headship and submission, and there's those are not words that are popular in our culture, um, and also complementarity yeah. um, between a husband and a wife. So, how can you encourage um, husbands to be men, um, kind of from an p- apologetic standpoint, looking at scripture and looking at culture? Yeah, I think that um, it's funny you talk about headship and submission because I think we we serve a God who did both perfectly. We serve mm-hmm. a God who who leads perfectly, right? who, who leads his church with, um, you know, Christ-like love, right? Um, but we also um, serve a God who submitted perfectly to the will of the Father. Um, and he models uh, biblical manhood the, 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 the best way. And mm-hmm. I think that, um, I think when we look at, when we think about headship, I think some some men um, might be afraid um, to, yeah, to, to love their wives like Christ loved the church for the same reason a woman might be afraid to submit, right? Because I think mm. both are very vulnerable things, right? Mm. Um, I think, I think, I think to love somebody like Christ loves the church, and to submit to somebody both tells us to be vulnerable to one another, right? Um, to to be open, like if you look at the way Christ loved his church, 
he loved this church, like I said before, without us meeting any conditions. So that means loving someone who will fail you. It means loving someone who, um, uh, yeah, who would disappoint you when it talks about um, leading a woman, right? A lot of times the Bible wants us to lead with humility. So if we want our wives to be humble, we should probably humble ourselves in conversation or <laughs> argument first, right? That's <laughs> These are very vulnerable things that, mm-hmm. that, that God is calling the man to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I, I think we cannot lead our wives for Christ-like servanthood and leadership if we're not consistently looking on the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, he has to be the standard in which in which we live by. Like, cause if 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 yeah, if if we if we I think if we don't, I think we would one um damage our wives um in in a sense you know um um lead them to ourselves and not jesus which won't be beneficial for neither parties um but i think i also think that god is calling us to a standard that that one day he will he will he will judge us for and i and when we when we see him one day he will judge us how we of how he you know how of how we led our families and how we led our wives so yeah, just consistently living, looking on the life of Jesus for help. Um, that's the that's the best advice mm-hmm. I can give. Um, to that's anybody. so good. I love it. You can't lead somewhere that you yourself have not been, right? In terms of actually, yeah, knowing Jesus and being in God's presence and mm-hmm. um, walking in the light, so to speak. Which actually, I want to ask next is: we spend a lot of time talking about biblical literacy um, in our own life and trying to be biblically literate. I mean, we want to understand the the whole of scripture, right? Not just little proof texts here and there, but also gospel literacy and, and seeing Jesus on every page, so to speak, of the, of the Bible. And so we spent some time talking through um, on the podcast, how to study scripture as a couple. Um, mm. And do you, I know that that's an awkward question, right? It's not like you sit down and say, you know, here's our study scripture time and we're going to read, <laughs> uh, but for sure you guys are having these conversations. So can you speak just a little bit to how you, um, how do you both approach the text in your own lives? And then how does that um, translate into your conversations around the dinner table and with your kids? Mm. And, and how do you, how do you hash through that together? Yeah. yeah. Um, want to go first? Yeah. Um, so me and Preston are always uh, studying different things at the same time. <laughs> I think one of the cool things, I, I think I discovered it maybe six months ago. I was reading a book full of heresy and he was reading a book full of heresy while the kids were sleeping. And I said, you realize we both reading heresy? And he was kick out. <laughs> yeah, I think I was. You, I don't know. I think you were reading uh, the, the, the Book of Mormon or something. Oh, yeah, I was reading. I was reading the Book of Mormon. And I was reading something related to uh, <laughs> like uh, those who affirm, uh, you know certain forms of sexual sexual uh, expression. And so I think it, it showed me that we both have a desire to help the world think through biblical issues. And so we're equipping ourselves to understand mm. the lies mm. so that we can show people the lies and discern it. Um, and so we do that a lot where if I'm studying, um, uh, you know, Romans one, for example, and I'm walking through, uh, why is it called a natural? What is the, when, when Paul says it in verse 26 to 27, oh, that's so cool. How he's connecting the word natural back to Genesis one through three and how this unnatural and like, I'm processing it through with Preston and he does hmm. the same with me. Um, he'll 
talk about, you know, how Jehovah's Witnesses will say that Jesus uh, was Michael the Archangel or because Jesus uh, Jesus had a beginning because he, he's a created being is what they would say. Yeah. And so he the other day was talking about revelations and he was like, I wonder why they never say that the father is a created being when he himself says that he is the beginning and the end. And hmm. so we always <laughs> processing through the questions together. So that's kind of how we. Hmm. I yeah. think that's how we do it. Yeah, yeah, and and it's so good to to have a, a spouse who loves theology and loves God's word, who who's who who wants to listen to you. It's interesting to her, and and, and um, her studies on sexuality is interesting to me. You know, um, yeah, I I think another way too. I had a I had a talk with uh, um with a Buddhist who was uh, a gay right activist, and one of the 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 questions he asked me was what the difference between the, uh, the Christianity religion and, and, and other religions? Why can't we, you know, practice them all? And I, I told him, I said, the difference is, um, I think if you take Charles Taze Russell out of the man who, out of the, 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 the Jehovah's Witness religion, you still have a religion built on a certain set of teachings. If you take Buddha out of Buddhism, you still have a religion built on a certain set of teachings. If you take you know, um, Joseph Smith out of the Mormons used to have a religion built on a certain set of teachings. But if you take Christ out of Christianity, you no longer have nothing. And I think when I study the Bible, that's what I want people who don't believe in the Bible, but also Christians to, to realize is that the Bible is about Jesus. Right. From the old into the, into the new. So when we when we, when we look at scripture, um, when we read about, you know, David, you know, slaying Goliath. Are we are we are we making it about ourselves? Or are we are we are we seeing a picture of what will come with Jesus coming and slaying this this giant called sin on our behalf? Right. Yeah. Um, are, are we seeing Jesus in every narrative of the Bible? Because. That's what the Bible is. And I think that's the, the, the great thing about the Bible and the great thing about Christianity. It's um, a God who stepped off of his throne and to come mm -hmm. and he he lived in, in, in the human flesh and he dwelled mm -hmm. amongst his creatures to die for his people. Um, so that's why I always try to like see Jesus in everything that I read. And I, that's what I want other people to see. So that's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. Every world religion <laughs> is about man ascending to God it's in some way, right? Building a yeah. ladder, yes. gaining moral, you know, rightness. High ground, yeah. <laughs> and Christianity is the opposite. It's Jesus coming down to us. It's God descending to re to mm. rescue us, right? Uh, yeah. And that that is, I mean, that's it's. It, there's nothing like the gospel. Nothing mm -hmm. like it. Yeah. That's why yeah. I, I love it. I love it. So we have one more question for you guys. Yeah, one more question. Just thanks again for sharing about God's word and how it's authoritative in your lives, you know, individually and in your marriage, because it's like you said, we always want to kind of make it about ourselves, how we're going to slay the giants or we're going to do, you know, change the world and do all these things, which maybe by God's grace, that's what he has for some of us. But it really has to start with with God and what he's doing inside of us. And it's always and all about Jesus. It's it's it's. Yeah. You know, it's it's a. I guess it's about us, but we really only bring sin to the table, right? And he, yeah. it's all all about him. <laughs> yeah, we, we bring nothing to the gospel yeah. except for the sin that made yeah. it necessary, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It's like David and Goliath. We tend to make that story about us, yeah, that's right? What, yeah. And that's what you're that's what you're talking yeah. about. But it's it, it's Jesus. He's the greater David, yeah. right? But yeah. Yeah. and I know, um, who was it? It's uh, Jen Jen Wilkin. Mm -hmm. I was I was listening to one of her podcasts. She said that it's that is true. That is one way to read it, but what happened after David won that battle with Goliath is the Israelites headed head into mm -hmm. into the war together, right? Mm -hmm. Because the victory had been secured, but they still had to slay some enemies, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I feel like yeah. that's us. 
you know, doing the work, right? The battle's won. Yeah. The victory, the yeah. war is won, but the battle is mm-hmm. still being fought, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. One final question. We could, I feel like we could just ask you guys questions for hours. Uh, I, my brain is spinning right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we kind of like to close it out with some kind of fun, but just one of, what's one of your most memorable dates together? And it, you can be married, engaged, dating, whatever, but what's, what's a memorable date in your guys' mind? Date. Hmm. That's a good question. Oh, no, <laughs> the NFL yeah. conference in Miami. <laughs> no. Probably. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, They've they, they been a lot. I was, uh, this is not memorable in the, in, in the sense of amazing. It's only memorable because of, I guess difficulty and it was me dying to myself. And so Preston <laughs> is, Preston is the kind of person that everything that takes um, cardiovascular uh, activity to, uh, do it that's his thing like you know <laughs> you you raise your blood pressure a little bit you know me I just want to go out and eat and think that's that's my thing so in me serving him like when I would create dates I always tried to find stuff that was really uncomfortable for me that he would have joy in and so we went to uh this rock climbing thing one time <laughs> and he thought it was great I got halfway up the wall and I was I was done that wasn't my call I don't think I'm anointed to climb, <laughs> climb walls um so i just i just remember that day because i was like this stuff you would do because you love people is just crazy that's awesome hey, there you go take them for the team no that's yeah, so I, good. I, I think the most memorable day it was a little early on in our in our marriage and um that's when um yeah i just i started to be more intentional and paying attention to the things that 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 um jackie liked or um just start listening more and um i just remember you know prior to our, our dates we just kind of like you know went on movies and went to restaurants and stuff like that but i surprised her and jackie loves like um to paint um people don't know that but she's a really really good painter so i surprised her and took it to this to this um like this painting thing and i just remember like looking over and just seeing her with this big smile on her face the whole time Aww. i don't know that just, that, just, that just stuck out to me because i was like I did a good job. Yes. Yes. I just, you know, I felt that that proud husband uh, you <laughs> made your wife happy feelings. So yeah, that was That's cute. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here and making time for us. Um, we know you have lots of things going on. You have mm-hmm. little children. You have speaking and teaching and traveling, and yeah. we are just so grateful for your time and your words of wisdom and pointing us back to Jesus all the time. We yeah. can't get enough reminders. Yeah, so. and thank you guys for the work you do as yes. well. You're, you've you've both impacted us in mm-hmm. profound ways. Um, so thank you for doing that work. It's an honor serving Jesus from another part of the country, another side of the country, <laughs> alongside you guys still. Yeah. Um, it's the same same Savior. And uh, man, I, after even talking to you today, I think I got the sense that you guys are just getting started. Um, your ministries are just getting started, and I can't wait to see what God does in the coming decades by his grace. Thank you. Well, it was, it was, it was great to talk to y'all. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you. Friends, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Preston and Jackie Hill Perry. I know we enjoyed talking with them. God is doing so much through both of them. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter, uh, as well as Facebook. If you want to get Jackie's latest book, Gay Girl, Good God, you can find that wherever books are sold. And you can find Preston's YouTube channel, Bold TV. Anyway, this has been a great conversation. I hope you learned something, and we will see you soon. Take care.
Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.